I slipped behind the girl and suddenly seized her, holding my hand tightly over her mouth. The trash she carried spilled. I dragged her backwards. She struggled. She made muffled noises. I threw her down behind the row of trash containers behind the house of Oneander in R. My hand was at her throat, thrusting the light steel collar she wore up under her chin. Make no sound, I warned her. She was blonde. She wore the brief sleeveless white tunic of a house slave. She was barefoot. I recognized her. She was the woman, once free, who had been last on the coffle of Oneander long ago in R. The same coffle in which Miss Henderson had been secured. Rape me swiftly, she said. I must soon be back. Where is Oneander? I asked, my eyes hard. I had had little fortune with the guards at the gate to his holding. I knew little more than that he was not now in the city. Gone, she said. To the north. Business. Where, I asked. Where? My hand tightened on her throat. I do not know, master, she whispered. I do not know. I am only a slave. Is the slave Verminia in the house, I asked. The barbarian, the small dark-haired one, she brought from Vonda. She sold out of the house of Andronicus. It is you, she said suddenly, recognizing me. The slave in the street. I am now free, I said. Where is she? My grip tightened. Speak. She was taken north, she with ten others, by Oneander, she whispered. Where, I demanded. I do not know, she whispered. I am only a lowly slave. Who would know, I asked fiercely. Those with him, she said. Oneander keeps a close counsel. Who else, I demanded. There must be others. Allison, she said. The dancing slave at the belled collar. She might know. Oneander uses her when it pleases him. I released her throat. She touched it frightened, looking up at me. I looked down at her. I am not now in danger, am I? She asked. No more than any other slave, I said. She lay back on the cement. Her left hand touched the garbage cans to her left. You are handsome, she said. I shrugged. You have me at your mercy, she said. Are you going to press your advantage? Do you beg it? I asked. Yes, master, she said. You are not unattractive, I told her. Then I thrust up the brief house tunic, and she put her arms about my neck, lifting her lips to mine. I considered the belly and hips of the dancing girl as she thrust them toward me, undulatingly, as the music pounded in the tavern. Have you heard the news? The man next to me was asking. No, I said. The girl was naked, save that she wore many strings of jewels and armlets. Two, she wore bracelets and anklets of gold, which had been locked upon her and were belled. Her collar, too, was of gold and belled. She was blonde, and it was said she was from Earth. A single pearl fastened in a setting like a droplet on a tiny golden chain was suspended at the center of her forehead. There has been a major engagement, one long awaited, said the man next to me, south of Vonda. More than four thousand men were involved. Fighting was fierce. The mobility of our squares was crucial in the early phases, separating to permit the entrance of charging Tharlarian into our lines, then isolating the beasts. Massed men, I knew, could not stand against the charge of Tharlarian, not without a defense of ditches or pointed stakes. But then, said the man, their phalanx swept down upon us. Then did the day seem lost and retreat was sounded. But the withdrawal was prearranged to creviced ground, to rocky slopes and cragged out-jutting formations. Our generals had chosen their ground well. I knew, too, 
that no fixed military formation could meet the phalanx on its own terms and survive. Different length spears are held by different ranks, the longer spears by the more rearward ranks. It charges on the run. It is like an avalanche, thundering, screaming, bristling with steel. Its momentum is incredible. It can shatter walls. When two such formations meet in a field, the clash can be heard for possongs. One does not meet the phalanx unless it be with another phalanx. One avoids it, one outmaneuvers it. Our auxiliaries then drove the Tharlarian, maddened and hissing, back into the phalanx. In the skies, our tarnsmen turned aside the mercenaries of Artemidorus. They then rained arrows upon the shattered phalanx.